Thank you all for coming to Disaster Council. We have a very packed agenda, and I'll try to get you out of here, or we will try to get you out of here um, in an hour. That's always our goal. Um, we do have a chance at the, at the end to have a round table, so we can have announcements they want to make. Um, you'll have an opportunity. And that being said, And uh, my uh, thanks to everyone for attending this National Council meeting and to get updated on the things that we are doing to keep our city resilient and also uh, prepared. And I want to say uh, a big thanks to all of you that are working hard to make sure that the tens of thousands of additional visitors that we're having the next few weeks, and what we just had in open world, and what we have, will Dreamforce. Uh, quite a quite a few people in the city, and we need to, of course, keep them all safe. And uh, thank you for making sure that uh, your roles are played out uh, on everything from the streets to the events uh, to being ready on the responses. Uh, uh, that's going to obviously be uh, helpful to both our economy but also to the people that are invited here. I also want to let you know that there is uh, and we are monitoring a, uh, uh, a fire uh, in Moccasin in the areas that, would, that are close enough to our water facilities uh, up in Hetch Hetchy uh, uh, to be able to pose a potential threat. Uh, so we do have uh, a very large, something like almost 900-acre wildfire that's going on that uh, does have the potential of affecting. So we'll be monitoring that. CAL FIRE is the... Uh, incident command there and all of the different agencies uh, uh, including the state are are there to respond and uh, begin the uh, attempts to uh, fight this fire but as as you have readily known many of our firefighters are often very difficult to uh, to stop and so uh, we've uh, wanted to make sure that the entire staff at moccasin uh, and our public utilities commission are uh, fully alerted uh, that their own uh, safety is paramount, and then the facilities that operate our water system uh, are also being monitored as well. So we'll, uh, I want to thank all the agencies that might be asked to respond, including our own fire department uh, and, and obviously our, our controller and others who uh, have focused uh, in the past on the impact of past fires in New Marcuson. Uh, that they'll be all ready as well to assist. Uh, I want to also again thank everybody for a continued effort to make sure our city is seismically uh, safe. Uh, and I'm being saved by the bell. Uh, um, that, uh, you know, measures, uh, for example, in our third year, we have the uh, the mandatory soft story building uh, retrofits that are going on. And I want to say thank you to all of the building owners in the city uh, to participate in this and making sure that our buildings, particularly those that are wood framed that can still be vulnerable in a seismic event, are complying and uh, doing everything they can to uh, get to a higher level of resiliency. Uh, and of course, uh, seismic actions uh, continue to be on our mind for a variety of reasons that are part of today's agenda. Uh, I, I want to make sure everybody knows that uh, we are paying 
specific attention to uh, the uh, the sinking and the tilting of 301 mission, uh, and that uh, uh, given uh, the number of conflicting viewpoints uh, as to what is going on, uh, I have uh, uh, I am organizing and have tasked our city administrator, as well as uh, DBI, but also this uh, Department of Emergency Management uh, to co-lead a uh, group of experts that are uh, have no contractual relationship to any of the uh, buildings under construction or uh, buildings that have been constructed uh, to give us as a city uh, and the Board of Supervisors a independent transparent analysis of the uh, geotechnical engineering challenges that might be associated uh, with the sinking and the tilting. Uh, and we will, uh, for lack of a better phrase, get to the bottom of uh, making sure we understand uh, much better not only what is going on and causing, but that we want to go well beyond uh, the 301 mission building and take a look at established buildings, new buildings, those that are proposed and under design, and to match up with uh, the best and higher levels of safety engineering that we may require. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, of course, absorb uh, those engineering reports that are currently under scrutiny, as well as those that are being conducted uh, by current owners and developers, but we'll also add to that uh, a good look at uh, what is being done uh, and what should be done and considered by all developments and in construction, including our TJPA, our transit uh, center, uh, as well as uh, those buildings that are being planned to be built in and around the Transbay Center as well. Uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Naomi and Ann uh, ahead of time for leading this effort uh, because there, there are uh, a number of people uh, whose confidence in their ownership and rentals are very shaken and we want to assure them that they have the highest level of safety in the city's attention. Uh, and I will make sure that that report comes directly to me and we will be uh, finding opportunities once we start this process, which will take a little time, uh, to meet with any and all residents of that area. Uh, this is a big area of city's investment and planned uh, neighborhood. And so we want to make sure that everybody that we've invited to the area businesses as well as developers and residents uh, are assured that the highest level of safety is being examined and also that uh, the cures in which uh, to prevent further sinking and, uh, and other aspects will be there. Uh, I say that in the context of seismic activity as well because the, uh, the geographical area is already challenged being above uh, mud and so the techniques have to be examined in light of their performance uh, should there be a seismic event happening. So we're very well aware of that and need uh, to have the highest level of safety regardless of what our current codes may provide. Uh, going to code is, is one thing, but assuring a highest level of safety, it's got to be the paramount. And so that's what is going to be examined by uh, this group. Uh, in fact, I've directed already the Department of Building Inspection uh, and the Office of Resiliency and Recovery uh, to immediately amend the 30-year earthquake safety and implementation plan to really expedite uh, the safety of new and existing high-rise buildings. 
and again with a very good focus on the geographic hazardous areas that uh, are being underdeveloped uh, that could be more challenging in a seismic event. Um, so that is going on and um, um, I want to also make sure that uh, uh, we know that uh, seismic events because it is uh, uh, just the beginning of the month of October, it, it of course is our month where we do a lot of both recognition and celebrations but also preparedness with our uh, school kids, uh, with our property owners, with all the agencies practicing and, and of course uh, uh, the really direction of our fleet week has been to uh, really join uh, with uh, other agencies and federal government and state government uh, to exercise our ability to be better prepared in case of disaster. And I want to thank all those that are working on the fleet week preparations uh, because it's no longer simply a celebration as all of you know, it's an opportunity to practice with all of our different agencies the kinds of events uh, that will challenge us and how we work together today uh, can create the kind of relationships we need uh, when an emergency hits. So uh, I, I look at this obviously in, in total preparation for an event that will happen in our lifetimes. It's not an if, it, it will happen. And more of the predictions of the best science indicates in the next 25 years. So uh, if, if I can, again, and every opportunity I have, those of you in this room, please be prepared, you and your families. You are our number one responders and you're called upon to respond. I can't have you worrying about your families by not taking care of them now and being part of a deliberate plan. And then uh, for, for those of us who have the opportunity, prepare our communities and our leaders uh, with that opportunity now and practice it and uh, get them to the sf72.org website for further preparation. Introduce them to the agencies that we're all working together on because I certainly think that uh, if you've gone through a disaster service worker training, uh, if you're able to take uh, some skill set uh, training yourself, uh, neighborhood leaders as well will all be for the better uh, in recovering much quicker from a seismic event. Obviously, we may not be able to prevent an event, but we certainly can prevent a high degree of hurt from that event. So uh, please do that and please make sure that those of you that work in responding departments uh, really focus on the continuity of operations plans that you're obligated uh, to understand and implement. I know that we have a lot of new employees coming aboard. This uh, government of ours has uh, gained the challenge of a good economy. But with that comes the obligation that we train everybody to be uh, disaster workers and disaster prepared along with all of our utility agencies that uh, ought to be constantly practicing with us. So with that, I know we have, uh, as uh, Anne has uh, indicated, a very uh, uh, elaborate agenda. Let's get to it and, and, and have that exchange. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, DEM conducted nearly a dozen exercises this past year in our 
um, mission to get San Francisco prepared and ready to respond to any disaster or significant event. Uh, they are outlined in my director's report, which um, was on the table that you could pick up. I'm not going to go through every single one with you today, but I did want to highlight a couple. Last year during Fleet Week, we did something called a um, rehearsal of concept or a rock drill. Um, where the Department of Defense worked with us to test our disaster transportation and log logistics strategies. So we learned from that, a key lesson that we learned was that the last tactical mile was very important and we don't often exercise that. So the, um, the details of, of moving to the next stage of this, this kind of exercise is to exercise uh, community points of distribution, C-pods, and we are doing an exercise with Fleet Week this coming year, uh, C-pod exercise, and folks are welcome to join us for that, and I think we'll learn a lot from that, and you'll hear more of the details later on because that is an agenda item. Um, the mayor also mentioned that um, we've done a lot of very successful things this year, including Super Bowl 50. I know many of you were involved in the planning and preparation for that. That was not only a citywide planning effort, but it was a regional planning effort, working with all of our partners uh, at the local, federal, and state levels. And I think it was incredibly successful. We had a huge turnout. Um, it was better than I think anything we could have imagined. And the uh, possible negative things that might have happened, thank God, did not. And I think a huge part of that was the effort we put into the kind of security we wanted. We wanted the event to be a safe, family-friendly event, and it turned out it definitely was, and it highlighted the Bay Area and San Francisco in particular for the gorgeous part of the country that we are. Um, this past summer, we also partnered with the National Counterterrorism Se Center, the Department of Homeland Security, and the FBI to host the San Francisco Joint Counterterrorism Awareness Workshop. This two-day workshop brought together local, state, and federal partners and engaged participants in discussion, uh, recognizing best practices and encouraging information sharing in the event of a complex uh, terrorist event. This, unfortunately, as you know, listening to the news and reading the paper is a challenge uh, that is very much real that we need to be prepared and make sure the city is ready to respond. The last exercise I wanted to highlight this morning is um, our Urban Shield, Yellow Command which tests the region's ability to work together during a catastrophic event. This year's scenario involved a 7.9 magnitude earthquake along the San Andreas Fault and a cybersecurity attack on the water systems requiring community pods of distribution, which again we're doing an exercise next week, to be staged throughout the city and throughout the region. Um, other things we exercised this year, and we, we also um, um, updated data four of our plans, the winter storm and flood annex, the emergency support function 15, which is the joint information system annex, the tsunami annex, and the emergency support function um, public health annex.
So we know that emergencies don't stop at the county line. That's why we work with our regional partners to make sure that we all know each other by first name, that we know the functions that we each perform, so that in the event of a large emergency, we're not meeting each other for the first time during the emergency. We've worked very collaboratively with our region, and I want to thank all the city representatives here today who sit on the Disaster Council and also our partners in the community who are with us as we continue to be prepared and make sure San Francisco is ready to respond in the event of, of a major disaster. So that concludes my remarks. I hope you do read my um, more detailed briefing because I'm very um, pleased with the work that my department has been able to accomplish this year. I've got incredible staff who've worked very hard to keep us safe. The um, next item on our agenda is the Fleet Week briefing. Fleet Week is um, coming up starting this next week, and it's something that we all love to embrace. It's a great party for San Francisco, but as the mayor said, it's also a wonderful time for us to have an educational experience and get to know our partners in the military. Francis Zamora, who's our public information officer and the director of my external affairs, will give the briefing. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, it became an annual event in San Francisco in 1981, and over the years, millions of people from, uh, from, have come from throughout the Bay Area to enjoy the Blue Angels Air Show and the Parade of Ships. Sorry, I'll take that over there. Um, since 2010, as the mayor mentioned, uh, the city has coordinated joint humanitarian aid and disaster relief exercises uh, with our military partners. These exercises bring together civilian first responders and emergency management officials with military units responding in the event of a major event like an earthquake. And so this year, San Francisco Fleet Week is from October 3rd through October 10th. And um, I just want to go over a sampling of some of the events that are taking place. You're going to hear a lot about a CPOD or a community at a point of distribution. That is the major exercise that is taking uh, place during Fleet Week this year. That is on Monday, October the 3rd. The exercise begins at 11 a.m. And so what's going to happen is this is where we're going to practice our um, an exercise, our ability to distribute emergency supplies following the catastrophic events. These are things like food, water, and other life-sustaining materials that will help people stay in their homes um, following the catastrophic event. Um, now, this exercise will feature more than 100 staff and volunteers. Many of the uh, staff are coming from the departments represented in this room, but also within our partners in the military and California National Guard, as well as some of our nonprofit partners as well. Volunteer members of the community have all, are also going to play uh, as earthquake survivors. So they're going to drive up their vehicles to the CPOD and receive water, MREs, uh, and other comfort supplies that will help them uh, get, through, get through a major catastrophic event. Uh, if you have an opportunity to come out, we encourage you to, to do so. The key thing that people should remember about a CPOD is that they're a last resort measure. If regular means of getting water or food are unavailable, then these CPODs will be set up. This is why it's still important that everyone in the community uh, has at least 72 hours worth of supplies at home. Um, these are things that you will find every day in your home. It's just a matter of gathering them up and having them in one place. 
If you need help doing that, go to sf72.org, and you'll find some simple tips to do that. One of the other uh, key events is um, the Senior Leader Seminar. And that takes place on Wednesday and Thursday of Fleet Week. And this is the opportunity where um, civilian leaders as well as uh, senior military leaders get together to discuss emergencies that have taken place both internationally and domestically to exchange best practices, to exchange innovations, and to share ideas. This is how we learn from each other. And so in previous years, we've had representatives from all over the world, including the Philippines and Nepal, but also within our, uh, within our, within our own country as well. So this is a, a special program that is a key to the humanitarian assistance of the disaster response mission. Um, finally, on Saturday, um, this is, this is a fun event, this is one that we, we enjoy, Saturday the 9th. We're having the K-9 Heroes Bark at the Park event at DuBois Park in San Francisco. This is a family-friendly event where uh, civilian, military, and nonprofit service dogs come together and provide demonstrations of things like urban search and rescue, explosion detection, and we even have the nonprofit service dogs that help comfort people with disabilities or, or veterans that have come home uh, with PTSD. So it's a great family-friendly event at DeVos Park, uh, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Finally, I would uh, be uh, remiss if I did not mention that um, we will have our Emergency Operations Center active uh, during the week. That begins on Friday the 7th. And this is, uh, this is, uh, this is so we can keep a... Uh, this is how we can keep an eye on everything that is taking place in the city during the week. Not only Fleet Week, but there's a number of events that are taking place. Early in the week, we have Dream Force. Hopefully, if all the things go well this, uh, this, uh, these next two weeks, the Giants will make the playoffs. And we'll have those things going on as well. One can hope. And we also have the Italian Heritage Parade uh, on Sunday as well. So there's a lot going on in the city, and we want to make sure that we are coordinated for anything that goes on um, that normally takes place uh, in San Francisco, but in the event there's an emergency, we're ready to go. Uh, the final thing I'd like to say is we can involve many local, state, and federal agencies as well as our military partners. This, uh, this event uh, could not be done without the coordination of our nonprofit partner, the San Francisco Community Association, so major kudos for them. And we look forward to another successful week. And so at this point, if there are any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Any questions? All right, thank you very much, Francis. My favorite event is definitely Bark at the Park. So it is uh, family friendly. Please bring out the kids, bring your dogs. It's going to be great fun. Next on our agenda is Mike Dayton is going to present on the FEMA San Francisco Bay Area Earthquake Plan Brief. Uh, Mike is our Deputy Director of DEM and the uh, Director of our Division of Emergency Services. Mike. All right. Well, thanks, Ann. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, talk a little bit about the Bay Area Catastrophic Plan. So this plan was developed by the California Office of Emergency Services and FEMA Region 9. Um, obviously, the, the mission of the plan is save and sustain lives, uh, minimize suffering, stabilize and restore critical infrastructure, and then it also delves into recovery. Um, the overall objectives are really organize a unified state and federal response. And even though the plan is really written, you know, as a guide for state and federal 
response. It talks a lot about the unified coordination group and how the state will organize the response in, in coordination with FEMA. The, the primary objectives are to deploy personnel to, from areas that are unaffected in California to areas that are affected by a catastrophic earthquake. Um, probably the most challenging component of that is developing the access strategy and temporary supply chain, because obviously we're going to have liquefaction is going to be a major factor for transportation. De debris clearance is going to be a major issue. So all of the staging sites laid out in the plan are across the bridges. So, so those are going to be areas that we're working with uh, Cal OES and FEMA on. And then just in terms of the risk, the, the plan itself is based, up, based upon uh, Hayward Fault scenario. And, and this is generated from the, the estimates from the United States Geological Survey. So according to the USGS, there's a 78% chance of at least one uh, 6.7 magnitude earthquake by 2043. Uh, there's a 98% chance of at least one 6.0 earthquake by 2043. Uh, and just so you know, there's a 12% chance of a 7.5 and a 2.3% chance of an 8.0 in the same time frame. You know, just for comparison, you know, obviously the great earthquake San Francisco is 7.8. That Hayward, the last time they had a major seismic event there was in 1868, and it was a 6.8. So um, there's been 12 major seismic events on the Hayward Fault, you know, spanning about uh, 1,600 years. So that's where they come up with the probability of, okay, this fault is capable of producing, you know, a magnitude 7. And when they calculate the risk, the Hayward Fault is actually 33% of the risk of, of these calculations. The San Andreas makes up about 22% of the risk. The Calaveras is 26, and then some of the lesser-known faults are make up the remainder. Um, in terms of the state-federal organization, there's a unified coordination group. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the unified coordination group, it's made up of a, the federal senior official that is deployed. It's made up of the state senior official, so usually it's the director of Cal OES. Um, and then it's FEMA Region 9. So FEMA Region 9, the, under this plan, they will not be operational in Oakland. They will actually deploy their incident management team to Sacramento to co-locate with the State Operations Center. And then in about two days, they will establish a joint federal um, office of operations there. And, and also in the Unified Coordination Group, the California National Guard will be there. There will be a defense uh, coordinating official there as well. I think the important thing for us is there is not a you know, direct seat for local government there at the Unified Coordination Group. We've, we've talked to the state about we will send, you know, it is, it's our intent to send a liaison to that entity so that we do have a voice at the table at the Unified Coordination Group. And then all of their work is supported just like typical ICS is by an operations section. The, the new elements of this plan, in addition to the ESFs that I think everybody is uh, familiar with, the emergency support functions, it also calls for the establishment of several task forces. And those task forces, the people have not been identified to serve on those task forces. So some of the work ahead of us is uh, identifying who best from the city will be serving on those task forces and how we work with our counterparts in the region to really have a unified voice when we're working with the state and the federal response apparatus. So just to, to give you a, 
um, a very high-level timeline of what will happen af after a catastrophic quake from uh, Cal OES and FEMA's perspective is it will take them a day to probably establish a unified coordination group. Um, they will be very reliant upon us in the first 24 hours to provide situation assessment um, uh, along with the other operational areas, and obviously that's going to be focused on transportation routes and the status of critical infrastructure, and, you know, we've got a good basis to operate on from all the work of the Lifelines Council. And then from 24, hour, 24 to 72 hours, uh, FEMA deploys the National Incident Management Assistance Team of the State Operations Center to uh, co-manage the event, and then California, Cal OES will activate and deploy all uh, eight state of the urban search and rescue teams. And those are, I mean, eight sounds insignificant, but those are 70 person teams um, that will be immediately coming to the Bay Area to help with immediate search and rescue operations. Uh, they also have 12 uh, level four teams that will be deployed. So that's all part of our planning effort is how to receive those first responders that are gonna be coming in, and in addition, they will, in that 24 to 72 hours, FEMA will activate their contract with uh, AMR, the ambulance provider, to send 300 ambulances to stage in the Bay Area, and then we, the state will uh, assemble and deploy 25 strike teams, and the strike teams are five ambulances apiece. So that's just to give you an idea of the amount of first responders that will be coming to our assistance. Um, but we will have to care and feed them once they get here and figure out how to get them uh, to where they need, need to be. Uh, they will also deploy uh, other mutual aid resources for fire suppression and support debris clearance operations. And then just in, in terms of kind of what, the, what this plan means for us, it's going to uh, influence our planning that's already uh, ongoing. Uh, we're, we started an initiative to update our debris management plan. We've just completed uh, an update of our logistics annex, uh, but we will also be working on updating our earthquake response plan because we want to make sure that our local plan aligns with the, the new federal and state plan on, for catastrophic earthquakes. Uh, we'll, we'll also identify local and regional roles and responsibilities because, again, I think the critical component for us is going to be on how we work with the unified coordination group. And then uh, Anne, with her work with uh, the National Advisory Council and Big City Emergency Managers, has, has tasked us to come up with mission-ready packages. And these are assets that we could deploy from San Francisco to other areas in the country if they are facing a similar catastrophe, but they're also defining mission-ready packages that could be deployed from unaffected urban areas across the country that would help us with the recovery efforts and response efforts. Um, exercising Cal OES has indicated a pretty ambitious uh, exercise plan for this plan, and it's uh, 20 exercises culminating in a full-scale exercise in three years. So we, we are going to do our best to align that with uh, our existing exercises, uh, Epicenter, Urban Shield, Yellow Command, and Leaving Exercises. And, uh, any questions on the plan? So Mike will move right into the next agenda, doesn't that? All right. Well, thank you. I just wanted to give you a quick update on uh, some of the exercises and Coming up, obviously, in the winter that's not uh, on this is our winter storm annex, or just to get us in 
been safe for winter storms. We, you know, lived it with El Nino last year, so I think we're in a pretty good battle for that. But uh, we do want to take the time every every winter just to uh, to review the plan and see if we can make any improvements. Um, the, one of the new exercises that uh, we are going to conduct is epicenter, and that will be held in April 4th to 6th. And so we wanted to take advantage of the the annual commemoration of the 1906 earthquake, but also make that more of a citywide event to focus on a catastrophic earthquake to cover some of the elements I already talked about with the new state and federal plan. Uh, capstone exercise, that next item is part of the state initiative to exercise the new plan. So we're gonna do our best to align it, but it's really, you know, we're looking for all, as always, for feedback from other departments about, okay, what elements would you like to see exercise? So we, we've been working with your disaster preparedness coordinators and your training and exercise folks on that. Um, and then one thing, the complex coordinated attack, uh, Ann mentioned that previously with the, the Joint Counterterrorism Awareness Workshop Series that she brought out from DHS and from FEMA. This is a follow-up to that uh, workshop. It's one of the major takeaways was we needed to develop a complex coordinated terror attack plan. So we are in the process of doing that. But we would like to exercise one element of an MCI active shooter or terrorist attack every July. So that's uh, our, our plan for going forward. Continuity of operations, as, as the mayor mentioned, we just wanted to give a date for all the departments to say, okay, this is where we would like. The Department of Emergency Management will be exercising our continuity of operations plan, but the other departments need guidance in doing that. We are here to help you through that. We'd like to coordinate that uh, every August. And then Urban Shield, plan, I think most of you are familiar with, and especially like that. And, Francis did a great job and then uh, also in November of each year the state does a medical health exercise this year it's a uh, scenario of trained derailment but uh, uh, obviously public health and emergency management participation in that exercise so if there's any questions on our exercise plan all right I just wanted to commend DEM, um, in, particularly on the Yellow Shield exercise um, from the logistics side, um, from purchasing and real estate. I know uh, the, our first responders are only good as their supplies, and that exercise was um, very uh, methodical and was very helpful from every report I got back. So thank you for your work on that. And I know uh, just uh, from DPW and GSA, were, I know who worked a lot on those uh, exercises with you. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, are there are there any questions at all? Mike gave a lot of information in a short period of time. Are there any member updates? Is this the time to have a little, a little round table? What have you been working on? What do you want to share? Oh, Thank you, Ann. Good afternoon, everyone. Joanne Hayes-White from the Fire Department. I did want to indicate that uh, right after Fleet Week, uh, October 9th through the 15th, is Fire Prevention Week, where we are spreading the continued message that DEM shares with everyone, as well as our mayor and all public safety agencies, the importance of having a preparedness plan uh, at home, in your workplace, 
uh, and to exercise that. The more we can spread that word, uh, the better off our, our city will be. Uh, at, the com at the end of uh, Fire Prevention Week, that same day, uh, October 15th, we have our NERT drill, Neighborhood Emergency Response Team drill. It will be held at Marina Middle School from 9 to 3 p.m. Great. Thank you, Chief. Uh, if you are not a NERT um, uh, volunteer and you're interested in this, it's a great thing to become involved in. We have many dedicated thousands of people throughout the city who have taken NERT, and I applaud the efforts. Thank you. Um, it looks like, Todd, you have an update? Yeah, two updates. We um, recently completed our, our twice-a-year training. Um, this one had 45 city staff attend the SF Prepared Finance and Administration Disaster Academy. So that brings up the total trained finance and administrative professionals to nearly 200 over the last year and a half. That includes all big 16 departments have had active attendance and thank you to the department heads here. Um, your folks have, have been really good to work with. In addition to that, in coordination with the city administrator's office and Department of Technology, we developed and vetted through all city departments IT-related updates to the continuity of operations plans and IT updates to the emergency response um, plans for your departments. And so over the coming year and a half, your draft IT sections to those plans as well as your final sections to those plans um, will be items that your staff are, are working on. So that's good news. That um, policy adopted by COIT earlier this month um, has in mind both man-made disasters as well as natural disasters like earthquakes, and there's a companion cyber threats and cybersecurity policy that's being um, uh, further perfected and will come back to Coit. Thank you. Thank you very much, Todd. Other, yes, Michael Pappas. Um, less uh, an update, but more a thank you and a sort of a commendation to Anne and the staff. Uh, and made mention of the Joint Counterterrorism Awareness Workshop Series in, in uh, the Presidio. And uh, I was asked to offer a prayer, and I ended up staying three days, I think, for this program. And it was, it was really a fascinating time. There were a lot of high-level people there. What came out after that was uh, of great benefit not only to our council but to the greater community because uh, I had several meetings with members of the FBI and other law enforcement folk and uh, they, their concerns about uh, terrorism and especially Islamic communities in San Francisco which are vulnerable, uh, we were able to make connections with the religious leaders in those uh, houses of worship uh, and right now they, they are uh, in communication and so that, that's what came out of an invitation to offer a prayer. So in my mind it was a prayer answer. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you very much and thank you for the work you do with the Interfaith Council. Uh, you are a terrific partner for the city. Thank you. Other comments? Yes, Connor. Yeah, I just uh, I wanted to briefly yield the floor to Deanna Kizone from our District 4 colleague, Supervisor Tang's office, who has a brief update. Thank you. Thank you, Connor. Uh, so I'm Deanna Kizone with uh, Supervisor Katie Tang's office. I just wanted to update everyone on our resilient sunset effort. So Supervisor Tang spearheaded an effort in the community to create an emergency preparedness guide and campaign specifically for the members of the Sunset District. We know on the west side we may be some of the last people to get help from resources. So we wanted to create a campaign to help our members become specifically resilient. So what we created with the help of members of our community is a 
specific Sunset District Preparedness Guide, and I have a few copies. Uh, we also have this available online, so I can send out those flyers as well. The other thing we created with uh, community members is a monthly supply campaign. So we partnered with six local businesses as well as larger businesses such as Ace Hardware and Walgreens, creating a monthly schedule. So um, when residents shop in these stores during specific months, specific supplies will be on sale. So for instance, in the month of September, flashlights and batteries will be on sale at Great Wall Hardware. Um, the, the next part of the campaign will be um, providing supply bins to members of our NERT um, neighborhood emergency response team members within our neighborhood. So they'll be creating their own small mini caches of supplies and making those um, supplies available to all of the residents on their block. So when um, in times of need, if residents haven't created their own supply um, bins, they can go to that resident and get those supplies for themselves. So we're really excited about this effort. We've been spreading the word across all of the Sunset District. Um, we've had members of the community directly participate in this effort because we know this is going to be a long-term um, campaign and we want the residents to really own these aspects of the campaign. So um, we're excited to share this information. Um, if other neighborhoods want to adopt it, we're excited to we're happy to share how we did that. Um, so I'll have I'll pass out the copies of the guide and the campaign um, as well as the website. And I want to thank the Office of Resiliency for helping host all of these materials. So we know beyond Supervisor Tang's tenure, it'll be hosted somewhere, so um, the residents can always access this information. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Naomi? Add to that, Supervisor uh, Tang's office has been wonderful. We've had uh, similar initiatives around the city. We've had a resilient Diamond Heights, resilient uh, Bayview, resilience Mariloma Park, and uh, they, they have really taken the bull by the horns and really have gotten out the word. And um, it should, uh, Deanna is absolutely right with the Office of Resilience and our Neighborhood Empowerment Network. We are trying to uh, get more neighborhoods involved in uh, just being resilient. So thank you. That is fantastic. Thank you. Other, um, yes. Well, Sydney first. Thank you. Um, so earlier this year, as a precursor to the San Francisco Fleet Week exercise, the port uh, hosted in conjunction with the Coast Guard and Army Corps of Engineers a port reopening exercise to identify um, who was responsible, who had uh, what, and what would be required to bring a ship through the Golden Gate up to a port, offload it, and then hand off the supplies to, in our case, the city of San Francisco to become Seapod. Um, and uh, it was a very useful exercise. Uh, I'd like to thank DEM for their participation because we had uh, a lot of people helping us with that, and we learned a lot. Thank you. Other um, things that members want to share? Yes. Yeah. Um, at the Housing Authority, we've, just, we've almost completed a continuous uh, Continuity of operations plan. Great. We're about 90% complete, and we would love to have your review. Um, we've also created a number of emergency action plans for various different scenarios, um, situations that might come up. Uh, we have about eight or nine, but actually coming to this meeting, I think we have a couple that we missed. One would be the El Nino uh, situation, and we don't have one that's specifically for terrorist attacks. But um, we would really like to coordinate our efforts with the city and make sure we're in sync and benefit from all the, uh, the work you're doing. 
on yeah. a citywide basis. Fantastic, so Barbara. Thank you. A contact person will be terrific. Yes, we, we would like to partner with you, and Mike will get you the appropriate contact person, and we'd love to review your continuity of operations planning. So that's terrific. Thanks. Would encourage all departments, if they have not updated their COOP plan recently, to take this opportunity to do it. Um, September is preparedness month and we move into October very quickly and as we said we have fleet week lots of good reminders for us not only as private citizens here in San Francisco residents and visitors to the city uh, to be prepared but also our city department so other um, items to share All right, thank you all so much for coming. Um, is there any public comment before we conclude this meeting? Seeing none, this meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Sure. TV, San Francisco Government Television, Government Television, San Francisco Government